Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hi fellow football fan, welcome back to the home of football. Arsenal is a beautiful football club. Arsene Wenger's Invincibles team starring legends like Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp is one of the most iconic teams ever. But it's been a while since they challenged for the title. The club slowly but surely fell off before failing to qualify for European football in 2021. For many fans, Arsenal became the laughingstock of the Premier League. There was an air of disappointment and cynicism surrounding the club. However, Things started to change last season under one of the Premier League's youngest managers, Mikel Arteta. In fact, the Gunners almost qualified for the Champions League, narrowly missing out on the final day of the season. But this season, Arsenal have started off very well, while producing a refreshing and entertaining brand of football on the pitch. Some people are even talking about the possibility of Arsenal challenging for the title again. So, what's happening at the North London club? How did they manage to turn their fortunes around? And what's that like for the fans at the Emirates Stadium? I spoke with Art de Rocher, who follows Arsenal for The Athletic, Robbie Lal from AFTV, formerly known as Arsenal Fan TV, and Jack, a leader of the upcoming Arsenal fan group, the Ashburton Army, to answer those questions. My name is Sam Verraten, and welcome to The Home of Football, a podcast powered by 433. Let's start with the impact of the manager, Mikel Arteta. Art de Rocher is a football journalist from London who follows Arsenal every day for The Athletic. Here's Art de Rocher on the state Arsenal found themselves in before Mikel Arteta took over. 
Yeah, I think it was quite clear there was probably the best word for it for this is a disconnect both on and off the pitch. So towards the end of Unai Emery's time in charge, really, you could see the disconnect in, I guess, the ideas from the manager and how they weren't really being, I guess, implemented properly by the players because uh, especially in that 2019 season under Emery, there was a lot of, say, chopping and changing of systems, personnel too. Um, and I think it was almost like a sense of confusion was was around the club. When uh, Arteta was appointed, it's one of the main things he wanted to address was the culture of the club. And I think uh, if we're, what, two and a half years on now, yeah. everyone, even if they're not Arsenal followers, can probably see... Um, the steps that have been taken in that regard. And then also, obviously, thankfully, stuff on the pitch has started to kind of come into fruition. But I wouldn't say it's been a steady <laughs> a steady ride. There's definitely been bumps in the road. But um, yeah, they're definitely in a better place now than they were, say, Christmas time in 2019. Yeah. So when you're talking about the culture, you know, and, and what was wrong with it or what could be better, what was wrong with it, so to speak? I feel like... Probably there was, say, if you're looking towards the end of the Arsene Wenger era and then you go into the Unai Emery era, there were probably two very different approaches to man management, especially. Uh, you saw with Arsene Wenger, he was probably a manager who would probably go with the flow a bit more, um, let players have their fun as long as they were performing. Um, so if you think of... Uh, Mesut Ozil is probably the prime example of a player who maybe didn't fit um, every single mould the manager wanted to, but was still allowed to perform on the pitch. Uh, whereas Unai Emery kind of quickly wanted to change that. Um, almost similar to how Arteta wanted to, but it was, I feel like it was almost too, too quick a shift. Um, and you saw... There were a few fallings out um, that came from that. Um, and then in in Emery's second season, I just think the confusion really took over. And beyond that, I think you see probably now the most recent example is Aubameyang. But um, I guess it, it is also just about kind of um, setting standards and behavioural kind of norms that need to be abided by across the club which uh, I think have probably improved over the last kind of few seasons. But it's not something that's been an easy fix. It's taken quite a bit of time, but um, it seems like they're kind of getting to the right place now. Yeah, so it's a lot about discipline on and off the pitch. So tactically on the pitch, what do you think Arteta has changed on the pitch tactically that made Arsenal better than it was before? It's really interesting because I feel like a lot of the ideas have been there from the start, but they just hadn't, particularly in that first kind of year under him, they didn't work particularly well. So um, the idea of having fullbacks kind of invert and play in more central areas has been there from the beginning. Mostly you saw that with Ainsley Maitland-Niles, um, who was used as a right back coming inside. Um And then he kind of dropped out of the team. Um, then I guess also you see this season in particular, the way Arsenal press 
has gotten extremely better because they're actually pressing as a unit. Um, and beforehand, there, I think there always has been an emphasis from Arteta um, to have his players press, but they have probably... They've done it effectively at times, but it hasn't been the most consistent kind of aspect of their play. So maybe one player like Aubameyang goes to press, but he isn't really supported that that well. So teams are able to play through it. And I think that's probably where you start to see some stumbling blocks and Arsenal just became a side who were easy to play against at times because they were, they were quite a bit just disjointed in... Arteta's probably yeah first year to 18 months in charge. Now I think if you're looking from um, the start of last season, really, um, when Erdegaard, Ramsdale and Tomiyasu came in, you can really see he's got players who he trusts to kind of fulfil those roles. So you've got now Ramsdale as a goalkeeper who um, is, is uh, comfortable distributing from in the back, both um, in terms of short passes, medium and long passes. You've got uh, Ben White, who can uh, play out from the back alongside Tomiyasu. Um, and then I think now, this summer, was really about just adding a lot more options to the side. So they become a bit less predictable and just more fluid. So you see that a lot with Zinchenko, how even though he's, sometimes he starts at left back, He's basically playing wherever he wants um, and it doesn't really have a, a downside to it for Arsenal. Yeah. And um, and that's also now kind of given, say, Granit Xhaka a bit of license to get further forward and join the attack. So Arsenal getting more plays in the box. So I think some of the main kind of tactical themes were probably planted early on, but it's probably not been until last summer and again this summer where Arsenal have really been able to kind of get to grips with them and almost add more gears to their attack because again I haven't even mentioned his name yet but <laughs> Gabriel Jesus um, up top I think has really transformed how they attack in the final third even if he doesn't score a goal he's having an impact on games and that's not something that could have been said um, regularly about Alexandre Lacazette or Aubameyang. Um, and I think that's probably where you're now seeing Arsenal as just a, a bigger threat in games, really. Um, where, whereas they weren't um, as threatening, say, even, even in the back end of last season, I think. So that's probably the main tactical stuff. And also, they've probably switched to more of a 4 3 3 now. Um, where, where they kind of try to work off combinations between Erdogan, Erdogan and Saka on the right, Martinelli and Jesus and Zinchenko on the left. Um, and yeah, they've kind of found found their rhythm, which is quite good to see. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant to see. What do you expect from Arsenal this season? Of course, the uh, season started with a winning streak. Uh, some people are already talking about maybe challenging for the title. Maybe that's a bit too <laughs> soon. Maybe it's possible. What do you think? What do you expect from Arsenal this season? Yeah, I think the titles, title talk's probably a bit too soon. I think people... I don't think many Arsenal fans are saying that um, seriously. I think they're mostly just saying it to to be a bit um, funny, basically, on Twitter and make make use of the good times while they're there. But um, in all seriousness, I think 
top four is a, a good expectation yeah. for this season. Um, I don't think many would have expected them to be a couple of points away from qualifying for the top four this time uh, last season um, with how how the summer went. But I feel like um, this year they do carry a lot more threat uh, across the pitch. And I feel like they've gone on to another level from, from last season. So I think top four should probably be I guess the base level aim. Obviously, they've had a really good start to the season, but um, I think October is going to be a really big month for Arsenal, not just because um, the Europa League starts, but um, they also play Tottenham, Liverpool and Manchester City in that month. So, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So, um, that's going to be a really big month. So, I don't think people will be getting too carried away too early. Um, but it's definitely been a good start. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Last season, Arsenal left their transfer business fairly late into the transfer window, which resulted in one of the worst ever starts to a season for the club. However, Arsenal have had an impressive transfer window this summer, with Gabriel Jesus proving a true marquee signing. Robbie Lau from AFTV, formerly known as Arsenal Fan TV, is perhaps the most famous Arsenal fan in the world. I called Robbie to get his perspective on this summer's transfer window. Here's Robbie. In, like you said, I've been covering it for a long time. And normally, we've got this habit of having to get rid of all of our players that we need to get rid of first before we start looking to go after some of our main targets. But what's been kind of refreshing this season is to see Arsenal going after their main targets first. So signing Gabriel Jesus, I mean, which was obviously we needed a striker, probably for a player with one year left. To pay £45 million is a lot of money. But I think we had no choice because there's so many teams after him. I was reading today that three other teams tried to to hijack the move. We know that uh, Tottenham are interested in him. Chelsea were interested in him, but we've got our guy. And I mean, and I think he's going to fit what we're looking to do perfectly. He's played under Arteta. 
when Arteta was at Man City. He's a Brazilian international. He's a winner with his time at um, Manchester City. And even though he wasn't super prolific, he was never really their number nine. Their, he was never really tasked with, right, you are the centre forward, go and score the goals, which is what he's going to be tasked with at Arsenal. And the other thing I like about him as well is that he's he's a very good striker when he doesn't have the ball as well. So he works very hard off the ball to win it back, you know, close down. And in Mikel Arteta's style of play, that's very important. So me, me personally, when it comes to signings, I want to see signings that are going to fit what we're trying to do. You know, it's all we very well and good going out there and trying to get the mega names but do they fit what you're trying to do? We saw last year with Lukaku, who didn't fit Chelsea. Big flop. Um, you know, Grealish really is not really, you know, even after costing so much money, didn't fit what Man City were trying to do. So I want to see, you know, obviously exciting signings like Jesus, but they've got to fit what Arsenal are trying to do. And that's why I think Jesus is perfect. Yeah, so, so last season, uh, the start was, of course, horrible. Uh, a couple of losses in a row. Then the club nearly qualified for Champions League football. But still, it seems like Arsenal is progressing, right? And that the vibe around the club is, is pretty positive. So how do you look at the development of the team last season? Yeah, I think, listen, there was a lot of positives. There were negatives as well. I, mean, I think we should have got top four. I really do think we fell apart at the end. And I think a lot of that was down to the squad. The, the squad was too thin. And, um, you know, I think it, had we have had like a couple more players in, I think we would have got top four. So, but there's a lot of positives there. You know I mean? Arsenal, you can see a team that is progressing, you know, um, you can see what Mikel Arteta is trying to do and the team is progressing. And, and what I like about what he's trying to do in the transfer window as well, it's almost like they've learned from their mistakes from last season because last season we were ill prepared for the start of the season. We hadn't got our signings in until right at the end of the transfer window. If you remember rightly, in that first game, I think, I can't even remember, I think maybe one of the new signings played out of all the signings we made. You know, none of them were ready. So this season, it looks like, obviously, he's learned from his mistakes. We're ready for it and not ill-prepared like we were last year. So how did you feel about the atmosphere in the stadium and among fans? You know, did it change a little bit last season? How do you feel about that aspect of the club? Definitely. I think, you know, the, the, the atmosphere at the Emirates was the best I've seen it for years and years and years. Um, so that was really positive. And away from home as well, there was a good atmosphere as well. And what, what, what it was is that the fans are behind Mikel Arteta. They were behind Mikel Arteta. And that was very, very positive. I do think this is a big year for him, though. I think this year now, the expectation levels have risen up, especially with the signings that we're making. And whereas I feel last year, I don't think fans expected Arsenal to get into the top four. Um, I think that this year now, I think it's going to be a return to the days when the Arsenal fans expect to get into the top four. And to get into the top four is really, really difficult, as we know. You know, there's so many good teams in the Premier League. So, it, you know, and we've seen teams strengthening. Tottenham have strengthened. Strengthened. Man United are going to strengthen. You know I mean? You'll see um, Chelsea strengthen. Teams like Newcastle, you know I mean? With, with their untold money. You know, so there's a lot, a lot of opposition out there. But I think the expectations this season from Arsenal fans, especially the ones I've spoken to, already is top four. So, and I felt last year... 
we kind of overachieved because we didn't have the squad to get to the top four and we nearly did it. So what do you expect from Arteta's Arsenal this season? I'm looking to get back into the top four this season and perhaps win a trophy. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll target the Europa League and try and win that trophy, you know? Um, And that for me would be a fantastic season. The atmosphere at the Emirates Stadium is way better as well these days. A group of young fans are working on that, with the Ashburton Army a prime example of that. This group was formed back in 2019 and is rapidly growing. They're having a massive impact on the atmosphere in the stadium. I called one of their founders, the 20-year-old Jack. Here's Jack on the story behind the Ashburton Army and the impact they have at Arsenal. Yeah, so it was sort of like myself and then uh, someone else in the group. It was just a random group chat on like Twitter and then um, we happened to sort of sit next to each other in the same block at the Emirates and... um, we noticed that the atmosphere wasn't good at all and it, and it could obviously be better. And then we sort of reached out to the club and just proposed a load of ideas and they sort of reciprocated it and said that it's, it's not to the standard we need and, and it can be improved. And then we just sort of kept working together and kept growing really. And then now we're about 140 members and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, so what was the atmosphere like before you guys started your group? It was very quiet and very dull I mean it was at the time where a lot of fans were Wenger out and um, weren't sort of behind the idea of supporting the team and they just wanted that change only so um, I think it came at a good time because sort of gave us the opportunity to to actually grow and then once we did hit the good times for example last year and, and this season especially now it's got a lot of people behind it because everyone seems like they're on the same page. So when did you guys start? What was the year that you guys first started to talk as a group with uh, the club? Yeah, so it was uh, 2019. So three years ago Mm. was when we started. And I'd say the first year we had about 30 people part of it. And obviously now I said it's a a lot larger. So Yeah, Yeah, I hear a lot of good things about, about you guys. So what are the demographics of the group? Yeah, so we have a minimum age of... 16 we sort of set at that um and it just it stems up to whatever it is really like we have a load of um people from older generations around 30 to 40 asking to get in and it it ultimately depends on what sort of membership you have as it's uh it's quite limited in terms of the membership you need to sit in the area but i'd say the average demographic is around 25 to 27 what's your age I'm 20. 20, so you're very young uh, to be organizing uh, uh, all this. So uh, you and and your friends, when you started to talk with uh, Arsenal at first, what were some of the things that the club gave back as feedback? Yes, so first of all, obviously, we know all about the culture out in Europe and one of the main things in common that all groups have is a drum. So that was probably the first sort of vocal point that we wanted to get across let's get a drum in as it's never been at the emirates before and at the at the time there was a lot of negative comments towards it a lot of the older generation didn't want it some of the new younger generation did want it so there was a bit of conflict there and um ultimately we got it in and i think people saw that we weren't just banging it for the sake of it we were banging it to continue chance going and, and keep the longevity of it going so um yeah that was the first bit and then Obviously, it was all about booking us together. So it's quite a difficult process at Arsenal. You can't really 
book a lot of people together so we have to work with the club for them to do that and now we've got a great system so they were the two points we wanted and and the two points we've sort of got yeah and what's the relationship with the with the club itself like now you know uh, the club must feel like you guys have a positive impact as well so uh, what's their yeah. feedback now that you guys are up for a couple of years uh, what's their feedback at this point at this point like i think it's it's got to the point now where it's sort of difficult for it to fail and like the club really do like us and and they're very responded they respond well to what we sort of give them and what we some of the ideas we want so like for example the tifos that's going to be like a regular thing now um people higher up in the club we've heard that people like Edu and stuff are familiar with us and and he really likes it and wants to get behind the process of it as well so to have someone like Edu knowing about it and like people quite high up in the club that's obviously very impactful for us going forward a lot of the players recognize us and and know what we're doing so yeah it's uh i feel like a lot of the people around arsenal do know us and it's uh it's very good yeah so what you said about the drum is very interesting that's something that you see i think um, uh, at a lot of clubs uh, different places in in europe now that you you got the drum in the stadium and you're creating your own atmosphere what's your relationship with the older generations and you know the the other fans in the stadium like yeah i think as i mentioned at the start it was very rocky um they weren't really behind the idea of or the concept of it having ultras at arsenal they said Sorry about that. Having ultras at Arsenal, they said they wasn't. Uh, that's not Arsenal, and that doesn't fit in with the traditions and stuff like that. But I mean, over time, they, as a lot of people are seeing, it's making a very positive change, and a lot of the improvements is because of us, I'd say. And it's not to sort of blow my own trumpet, but it's it is the truth. Like we are at the front of it, and it is growing at a very fast rate. So. I think now a lot of the older generation are behind us and and it shows the, the donations that we get. A lot of the older people are donating. And one of the best things about it is they remind us, they say that it reminds them of Highbury, the atmosphere at Highbury, because Highbury was known to be like a sort of scary place to go to and they'd always support the team. And to have that sort of contrast with them saying it reminds reminds themselves of when they were younger, that's very, very important and very positive to have yeah what are some of the the tifos or some of the actions you guys did some of the things you organized that you're that you're proud of that you feel like are good examples of what the ashburton army can do yeah i'd say maybe the first the first tifo display we done um it was sort of we had a banner of saka and smith row and then Henri and burkamp like just behind them and they were sort of both had their arms behind each other like the same sort of image and we drew that and put a lot of hours of work into it and displayed it. And unfortunately, there was a lot of people in the block that weren't holding up the, the fabric or whatever. So it didn't look as good as it could have. But after the game on Reburg camp, Saka and Smithrow all got together and took a photo in front of it. So I think that was probably the highlight of, of Ashburton Army so far. And then the previous week, we had another display where it was a full block banner. And, and that also went down really well as well. And we're planning one for Tottenham. So... I think it's just every time we do something, we aim to better it and just continue to grow. That's good, man. That's very cool. When you think back about a couple of years ago, when there was such a negative sentiment around the club and, and when you're, where you guys are now, how do you feel about that transition? I think it's, I think it's been a long time coming, to be honest, um, where we could have a sense of hope going forward. I mean, 
since probably around 2011 or 2009, when was the, which was probably the last time we were closest to winning the league other than the Leicester year. I think a lot of fans were just deflated and, and it was sort of you were sort of going because you're an Arsenal fan and it wasn't really because of the enjoyment of watching or or having fun at football anymore. And I think a lot of the escape to that was more of the social. I think a lot of people started going plainly for the social of meeting up with friends and, and having a better time. So I think over time now we everyone is on the same page with Arteta and all the players and, and we can all see what's what's the ideas and plans going forward. So I think it was a it was a slow process, but I think now we finally got to a place where everyone is actually fully supportive behind the team, and there's not many people that disagree with anything going on. Yeah, that must be that must be nice, man, to see from from where you came from, where it felt dull and without perspective and def deflated. Now to be exactly, at the point yeah. where where everyone has their spirits up and there's perspective you know there's the exactly. you can dream about about positive things uh, at the club so to speak. yeah that must be good that's it yeah definitely i mean first time in a long time I've, i've heard people saying we could actually win the league this year i mean i still reckon we're quite far off but it's definitely heading in that direction yeah yeah so what are your ambitions with the ashburton army for this season i think for this season it's just all about maintaining the numbers and, and growing even further. I mean, we've had loads of people come into the group, which I've added, and it would just be like people trying to get in just for the sake of it and trying to get tickets and, and sit with us. But a lot of people don't realize that's not really what Ashburton Army are. It's more of a, it's more of a family and a, and a brotherhood in a way. I mean, everyone in the group is, is now you could consider best friends and To go football with a hundred best mates—that's that's what anyone could really dream of, to be honest. So, I think it's just all about adding people that will be willing to get involved in the atmosphere side, and also get involved with things outside of it, like donating and and always doing the tickets and always staying active and and building these relationships. Because that's if you're close together, then it's going to be successful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, thank you very much, Jack, for for talking to me for this podcast and i really hope you guys uh, continue to grow and have a glorious season you too mate i'll see you later miguel arteta implemented a tactically modern plan at arsenal and the club then brought in the right players at the right time while in the stadium a new group of young fans have emerged to improve the atmosphere there's a really cool and genuine synergy at arsenal these days and i can't wait to see how far this will take them Follow this podcast in your favorite podcast app to never miss an episode. And if you want to support us, simply share our podcast with your friends or give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That really helps us to get the word out. All right, my name is Sam Verraalte. Thanks again for listening. And on to the next story in the home of football. Hi guys, Frankie here. I just filmed the podcast with 433. I'm Ria Ferdinand. I'm Mario Götze. My name is Clarence Seedorf. Hi, I'm Sunil Chetri. I just finished my podcast with 433. Yeah, what's going on, people? It's your boy, Adi Barakin Fermer, a.k.a. Mr. Beast Mode. And I just finished the podcast with 433. Hi, 433 fans. It's Don Robbie in the building, right? And we are here for a great podcast. I want you to check it out. Hi, 433. I am Fabrizio Romano. Check out my story on the podcast. It was a great pleasure. How 
you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.